everyone. Thanks for joining us on the Before I Go podcast. And I am so blessed to have this incredible human being, Wonder Woman in front of me, Sharon Reish. And uh, I, I could say a few things, and I will, um, before we actually hear from the woman herself. But um, I feel like every label I'm about to put on Sharon is unfair because I have seen so much potential in her. She is a person of integrity, of hard work and and just upstanding ethics, a human being who is brave and has, um, I just feel really lucky, Sharon, to have spent time with you uh, outside of work context and getting to know the real you over the past couple of years. And as I said, I could go on with trying to describe you, but you're going to do a fine enough job of that just on your own. Um, but yeah, you are really one of the most incredible human beings that I have ever got to know and that you have allowed me into your world has been a blessing in my life. So thank you so much. Welcome to the Before I Go podcast, um, where we get a chance to say what we want to say in case we don't get another chance, right? So hello, Sharon. Hello, Lyndon. Lovely to see you. Um, let's start at the top, if it's okay, with, uh, sure. well, actually, you know what, let's just, let's just freestyle. What are you yeah. hoping to kind of get out of the next hour or so together? What, what sort of things would you like to share and who do you want to share them for? Oh, wow. What a question. Um, I think in terms of what I want to get out of this session, that's, I know whenever I sit down with you, what I want to get out of it there's that and there's always so much more. So I don't have a pre-planned view on what I want to get out of it. What I would like to do is just to share, just tell my story and if it means something to someone or um, if it helps me say some of those things that you put so beautifully around, you know, being not hard to say but the things you should say before you walk out the door or whatever, I really like that concept as well, um, that idea in terms of who it's for look I think part of it is is for me and to be able to have courage like you've always created a space for me Lyndon where I can just talk and I can do that pretty well but actually say something that means something without fear of judgment without um having to worry about how it's going to be received and that's kind of odd when I think about the situation that we're like sitting in now that that's kind of a weird thing but I feel like it's still just us and I'm excited and I'm anxious and all those sorts of things so yeah look I think part of it like I said is for me part of it is for the people I love and care about in my circle and part of it could be for some wonderful person that listens to your podcast on the other side of the world and goes wow oh, you know I learned something from that conversation so mm. yeah Beautiful. Well, thank you for what you're about to give and share. And thank you for being willing to share your story. Let's go there. Let's start with the story of Sharon, who I'm sure if we said this 10 years ago and said, what's the story of Sharon? It would be very mm. different. But what is, you know, for the next 10, 15 minutes, uh, for people who have never heard that you even exist on this planet, oh. what is the story of Sharon Ridge? Oh, wow. Um. What is the story of Sharon? Well, uh, so hi, everyone. I'm Sharon. <laughs> and, um, I live on the Central Coast with my very wonderful husband and my beautiful little boy. Um, I can already feel myself getting emotional. That's so weird. Um, I feel so lucky to live up here in this beautiful part of the world. Um, and at the same time, yeah, I'm so lucky to have great people that I share the space with. Um, I work for a great company with really good people. Um, I love the job that I do. I have a great boss. So that sort of stuff is all really good. Um, but, you know, I think I can sit back after my years on this earth and look at where I am now. I know that a lot of that doesn't come without hard work. And I've, I've done a lot of that in my time as well. You know, working in a big retailer or for a big retailer for a lot of years worked really hard. Um Loved the work, but it, at the end of the day, the commute was the thing that was sort of getting me down. So decided to make the change and now live and work on the coast. So I've worked really hard to get where I am. And, I'm, and at a, you know, two years ago, before we started talking around these things, I would almost feel a bit guilty about being able to say, 
I'm, I am where I am because I've worked hard, but actually I reflect on that and go, no, I'm really proud of it. Mm. I worked, you know, long hours for, for a big company um, and have made the most amazing friends through that company, even though I don't work there anymore. You know, some of these girlfriends I have have been girlfriends for over 20 years. So I'm always very grateful um, for that employer for doing that for me. Um, but like I said, we worked really hard. So, yeah, work stuff is good. Home stuff is really good. Um, I, from a family point of view, so I'm the eldest of three kids. So I have a younger brother, Anthony, and a younger sister, Karen. And though I'm the oldest, I am actually the shortest, and they <laughs> remind me of that <laughs> often. Mm, uh, which, yeah, well, yeah, I'm going to be the shortest in the family forever. I think I always was. Um, that's fine. And have um, mum and dad down in a little area down near Picton, um, which is awesome. So they're on 12 acres down there. Um, yeah, we and we lived sort of out in the kind of bush it was back then when we moved there um, on 12 acres and we, we'd run around the bush and mum would have the um, triangle cowbell thing that she'd ring for us to come back for lunch and, and dinner on the weekends kind of thing. But yeah, it was a great life. Like mum and dad gave us lots of opportunities um, in terms of sport. And the, I, the only sport I really liked that I did with through family was tennis. Um, so I played a lot of that when I was younger. Um, but certainly from a school point of view, you know, we'd have to get on a bus for an hour and travel to high school. Um, and obviously did that for quite a few years. And then... Yeah, what do I do after that? So yeah, so mum and dad are still down there, which which is great. And yeah, they love it down there. Like that's their home and their space. And it always feels like home when we go back down there for a visit. It's just relaxed and there's a lot of space and it's quiet. Yeah, it's just really nice. So yep. Um high school and then went off to uni because that was what you did back then. If you didn't yep. have a job, you just went to uni. So mm -hmm. like a, I was going to say like a good daughter. Yes, that will come up, I'm sure. Like a good daughter, I went <laughs> oh, off on. to uni. <laughs> Tell us about that. What do you mean like a good daughter? Go on. We'll, oh. we'll come back to the uni days because I'm sure they're full of stories. Yeah. Let's oh, go. Yeah. It's so, yeah, so the good daughter. So being the eldest, I think I always felt the pressure to lead the way for my brother and sister and at times I sometimes felt that your know, mum and dad quite, had quite high expectations of what the eldest daughter would do or the eldest child because that that was me I didn't have a job I worked part-time jobs when I was at um in uni actually but I didn't really know what I wanted to do at the end of high school so I sort of went through the HSC thing and thought well I don't I don't really know what's out there I'm 17 years old what am I going to do and the decision was suggested well you go to uni okay well I'll go to uni what are you going to study at uni I don't know so I went to uni and um you know I enjoyed it I I have a degree in literature and geography which is interesting but um I loved geography at school yeah loved geography at school um and at that point in time, I thought, right, town planning. I want to be a town planner, which yeah. is very interesting do. for an Enneagram yeah. type one because, you know, yeah. structure and planning and boxes. But, yep, I can I can do that. And did uni, and I didn't particularly enjoy the geographical side of, of the degree, but I, I did all right. I did, did pretty well. But what I did love was the literature piece and the reason I wanted to study literature as part of my degree was to have something I could be reading that wasn't a textbook around science and psycho uh, psychology in terms of maths and statistics and stuff that was all part of the, the science degree, but actually just do something that allowed me to still have a bit of freedom in my thinking. Mm. And funnily enough, I've still got one of those textbooks from literature. So like uni was quite a while ago for me but I still have what, one of these books what is it what's the textbook you still got oh uh, it's a poetry book and it's purple and I still have it because one of my assignments I remember we had to study a prose piece and I found a 
poem in this book. So that was a part like in the book. And I thought, oh, that's really cool. And then I don't know how I worked it out, but it, it's a Simon and Garfunkel song. Really? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then when I heard it, I remember thinking, oh, wow. And it's the boxer. Mm. So if you know that song, it talks about how this person grew up, yeah, like he had quite a tough childhood and then growing up and then it almost spins around and he talks about being the boxer then and he stands there in the ring without any shame or anything and and has to fight basically to survive. And the music is, I'm getting goosebumps now just thinking about it actually, like the song is powerful, that yeah, and just that piece of writing, I'll always remember that one, which is a bit weird. And I can still listen to it now and it takes me back to that classroom with that teacher and going through my prep because we had to do a presentation on it. Yeah, about that song. And something in yeah. you said, keep this. Right? Yeah. Keep keep the literature, the the friend. You know, you yeah. and I go have have shared a lot of um, awesome space together. And mm-hmm. you, when I was leaving the same employer that we shared for a while, you told me about a quote from Brené Brown that stayed with me um, about being in the arena. Do you mm-hmm. do you remember what that was? It is about finding the person and so you find the person in the arena, but if you're not if you're not there in the arena with her or with me, then you can't be feeling what I'm feeling. Like unless you've stood next to me in that arena, um, yeah, don't don't tell me how to feel or think because you've not gone through what I'm going through. I think that was it. Mm, very Something cool. like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems yeah. similar to what you're mentioning about the boxer, you know. Um, oh, very yeah. different, very different, right, from thinking what it might be like to stand in someone's shoes or actually walking at least next to them for a while, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, okay, so literature, you've kept this. You've kept this yeah. uh, little piece of uh, freedom, these words that create quite powerful experiences apart from the, the town planning and the structure and the stats and the mm. analysis, which... I will happily say Sharon is borderline <laughs> savant with, all right? So you you have a gift and you are yeah. you are living that out in your profession. But I I am fascinated yeah. about this little escape hatch that you've also kept, which is literature. Um, mm. So you did a bit of literature to, to at least not go insane from the numbers. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then from uni, what will happen? Oh, what happened for me? So did my degree. So that was a four-year degree and graduated with the square hat and the throwing it in the air and all that, um, which was lovely. And even at the end of that, well, so I'd worked part-time through my degree in various jobs. I worked in a restaurant. I worked for an auction company and did um, their well did some of their cash work on on Fridays or the auction days whatever it was um which again goes to structure and counting which is so funny when I think about all of this and balancing numbers and yeah, all that crazy stuff that I can do um and then they actually so when I graduated um what I found was even so friends that did different degrees but you know you cross over in certain subjects that they actually had lots of trouble finding jobs and it took it took some of them a good six months to find something. And I, I feel like I was very fortunate that the auction place I worked for offered me a full-time job before I'd even finished uni. So that was a that was a good level of comfort, knowing that, okay, then I had a job. Um, and if I could do that for a period of time, then did it did it mean I would pick up my degree later on because I always had that piece of paper um of course how things go I stayed and worked there and got promoted through there for nearly four and a half years um but I really liked it like the job um it it was something completely different to what um, yeah it was it was really random and very different but great people good fun people yeah stayed there for four and a half years and then um got my role with with Woolworths so at about that mark, okay, it's time that I do something a bit bit more serious um, and a bit more career-led and focused. Mind you, I'm only what, 24 or so at this time anyway, um, if that, oh, yeah, if that. And 
apply for a role at Woolies and um, got that role and, as you know, stayed there for quite a number of years, um, working with amazing people, fabulous people um, there, and I, and I loved it. I love the variety of the work. I love the pressure of the work at times. So that's the pressure and the thrive thing kind of almost go hand in hand for me at times. Well, they certainly did back then. Um, I love that Woolies offered opportunities outside of what you were doing to go and um, upskill yourself in different sorts of things as well. Um, you know, and they looked after us well in terms of recognition or remuneration or however you want to put it but but you worked hard like you worked really hard for them um and they recognized that as well but but um that like I said before the best thing that Woolies gave me was the people I worked with and and the friendships that I've made and still have now even though none of us have, or not all of us have worked together for a very long time um yeah, my best friends, we all met through Woolies from different teams and you know, had great, great bosses there and, yeah, I felt very lucky. Indeed. And, look, yeah. it, um, you're recording this at the moment, right, because mm. there's human beings that are so blessed to have you in their lives, right? And I hear you say up front as you tell me the story to date, the up to the Woolworth story, mm. how grateful you are, right? You've worked damn hard to be where you are in this moment and you have so much to be grateful for. You know, you've rattled off your job and your family and where you're living, right, and the life you have created for yourself. The people that are going to listen to this mm. love you, right, not just because of your super brain and what you can do but because mm. of what you mean to them this is a long lead up but i want to pause mm. on the woolies thing because people listening to this for you saying gee i just i want a bit of sharon right now there mm. was a a gentleman at woolworths if mm. it's okay and you already know where i'm going with this 100 uh, right? no i'm going with mm. tissue all right I'm prepared. Well, Let's do it. Cause, so yep. what, what I'm saying with far too many words is you mm. have had a profound impact in people's lives. And I know that to be true. Absolutely. Not just from what you've said, but from talking mm. to other people. And there's a guy called Avner that mm. has had a profound impact on your life, right? Yep. You're recording this podcast before I go. Mm. Is there, any, is there a, a bit that you would be willing to share about perhaps what Avner might have said or yeah, some of the things that you remember about how he's impacted you that yeah. you're open to sharing? Oh, he, I, I will do my best, Lyndon. He, so he was my first Woolies boss. And <laughs> I have so many great memories of him. He was just a, like an awesome human. But I remember the first, my the job interview. So when I went for the interview with Avnal, I was still working for my other employer and we used to have, obviously, and we used to have a uniform, so I had to get changed. Now, I swiftly went home and got changed, but I remember sitting down in the interview room and Avna said to me, because so, I said, oh, yeah, I work for this company and, yeah, we have, a, I don't know why, but, yeah, we have a uniform something. And I said, oh, did you get changed in the car? I'm <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, I didn't know what to say. Like, no, no, I went home and... And that kind of set the scene. Like he was just the most generous person, and he was tough. He could be tough at times, tough and fair. Um, but he was he, he had such a good heart. Um, he was one of the most incredibly intelligent people um, that I knew at Woolies. And you, you talk about the gifts and the impact that. He, like people have on people, for me, he was my Woolies, not my Woolies dad because no one can replace my dad, but he was, he was my like my Woolies person. And the beauty of Avna was that, and you get I'm talking in past tense, and I'll get to that in a sec. But I could go to him, and he would, uh, he would either tell me to. Uh, he never he never told me how to do my job. He'd always give good counsel and advice, or on the flip side, he'd tell me to get lost and pull your head in. Like that that was the beautiful balance of his gift. Um, 
yeah, and then oh, still so bad up to this day after all these years. Unfortunately, um, he became very unwell with pancreatic cancer and we all remember the day we got told. So we'd moved into the new office at Northwest and he was actually moving house into his new home with his beautiful wife and they found out that day about his cancer diagnosis. So those of us that were very close to Avner, we got called into a little room um, not long after and, and the news was shared with us. And I remember sitting next to my then boss at the time, Terry, and just burst into tears. Like there was, it was just horrible. And all of the emotion around why does such terrible things happen to good people and all that sort of stuff. But it was so weird because what happened then, now he fought that disease for nearly, I think nearly two years. We, so my, my other boss, yeah, so Glenn, my, my then new boss after I changed roles, he was quite close with Avner as well because we'd all sort of worked together. Glenn and I, sorry, Woolies, would sneak off to go to stores um, every now and then. We'd go and visit Avner at home or um, just see how he was doing when he could get up. You know, we'd go for a walk into the little town that he lived in and, yeah, we're still able to see him. And I got to know him on a whole different level. He was just such a cool guy and he never once complained. I never heard him complain about the pain or the treatments. Like he'd talk about it, I would you know, try this new treatment or whatever else, but I never, never I, don't even, I don't remember ever hearing him complain. And I feel so lucky that um, I got to go and see him in hospital and as it turns out, it was the night that he actually passed away the next morning and go and see him. And I remember there were three of us girls in the room, so his wife, myself and another colleague and another person. Um, and this other person said, Avner, you've got all the girls in your harem. And he was on his bed and he just put the thumbs up. Yeah. And... It was so hard to see him like that because he was a man of life and joy and then it was just gone. Yeah. Thank you. It's gone. For, for, you know, with with the utmost respect, thank you for keeping him alive by what you shared. You know, we don't know who's going to listen to this and what's going to come out of it. Um, I am always listening when you speak. Uh, deeply because you are so giving Sharon um, of compliments and affection and just like Avna, right? You have an ability to tell someone to get over themselves with so much integrity and love behind it. And you do the same thing to yourself. So when you describe Avna as a incredibly bright mind and an incredibly bright heart that sucks to have lost, mm. you are also as far as I can tell, living that sort of way for yourself. You are, in my experience, just like that, so bright of the mind. If you had nothing else, right, your your brain would be enough to see you through your whole life very successfully, yet you have this heart that is full of integrity and it's it's amazing. So thank you for sharing that. And I ask because I know it's so easy for you to be there for others, right? You have this gift of servitude towards other human beings. What do you hope will be said of you? Right? You can so beautifully describe Avner. I love that he was in your life. What do you hope mm. will be said of you, right? When people are reflecting oh. on what Sharon meant to them. Wow. I would hope that people would say she was fun. Yeah. And it's it's so funny because my husband and son and I, we talk about our superhero names and I, we, we've had this conversation. And <laughs> so, yeah, my husband and, and little one, they have superhero names that are related to farts. Of course they do. Well, and, they, come on, share them. Oh, it's so my little <laughs> so inappropriate. 
<laughs> I can always put an explicit warning on the podcast if we have to. Come on. Oh, uh, here we go. If it's it's not rude, it's just it's fart face and stink boy. Okay. So otherwise, stink boy. I think that's right. Yeah, fart face and stink boy. And our dog, because she likes following around for food everywhere. She's the black shadow. The black shadow. <laughs> black shadow. No. And they're like, what's what's mummy's superpower name? And my little boy says, well, she likes to tidy. So my superhero name is the Tidy Nator. The Tidy Nator. There you go. And you shall henceforth be known as the Tidy Nator. I am the Tidy Nator. So I oh, will got come a song and too? clean up your stuff. Watch out. See, there you go. That's why you so, work so well. So she, oh, I don't know. So Sharon was fun and she was tidy. Um, but most of all, I would hope that people would say, oh, I'll probably get emotional again. Yes, yes, big emotions. And I would hope that people would say that I always had time for them. And that's a lesson you learn as you, I think you're getting a bit older, that actually the easiest thing and the hardest thing to give to people is your time. Spending time with friends and with family. Um, you know, there's, there's so many other things that are going on on in my world with work and school and all that stuff um that sometimes I find it hard to make time for the things that matter most and I would hope that before I walk out the door that that yeah that people would say yeah she's fun she's tidy and she you know, she always made time for others and had a good time out of last, and, yeah. Yeah. as, as your light, eyes light up. <laughs> That's the seven. Oh, you're talking in numbers. There'll be people going, what are these numbers? Yeah, uh, really. I am. <laughs> there is a joy in you that um, thank mm. you for bringing it right now. Right, Thank mm. you for, for going as white-eyed and large-pupiled as you possibly can <laughs> when you tell us the stories about the tidy mater, <laughs> stink boy, and what was the other one? Fart, uh, fart face. Fart face. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's something rough. like that. <laughs> I love it. All right. So you, mm. what do you, what would you go back, right? After mm. what probably feels like a lifetime of having to arrive at this place that says mm. I can do many things and be busy and tidy and organized. But mm. right now in 2023, you have this knowing that your presence and the time that you give to other people is one of the greatest gifts that you can offer. So you have not learnt that without a lot of strain. What do you what do you say to 20-year-old Sharon, all right? Coming through university, perhaps Ooh. about to head in, we go back and you get this this opportunity to have a good, mm. loving, laughing, firm chat with yourself. Right. What do you tell 20-year-old Sharon? with the wisdom that you have accumulated over a couple of years since then. Wow. Well, we would have to have a conversation about boyfriends. Okay. Well, please do indulge. So it, it just a little bit. I would say that the boyfriend at 20, I would say he, he had great times with him and he had some difficult times with him. Don't let that be your measure of how relationships can be. So that would be one thing I would say, that don't judge every future relationship thinking it's going to be like that, with the good and the bad. So, yes, you need both, but sometimes you don't need the extremes. So I would say, well, yeah, give yourself a break, and when you know it's done, then be brave enough to make the call in those situations. What else I would say to 20-year-old Sharon would be and and this is probably this is probably a bit hard is that I would say stand up for what you want um and when you're when you've got advice and guidance coming from other people they might have your you, you they had my best interest at heart for whatever wherever the advice and things were coming from but actually, I think what some people needed to know, and, and maybe mum and dad, is that they raised me well enough to let me make my own decisions 
but sometimes they didn't let me do that. And my decisions weren't always great or have the best outcome in the long term, but that's called growing up. And, you know, walking out the door, one thing I think I would say is, yeah, you, they, they raised me, like I said, well enough to know or to make my own decision and to be able to uh, sort of weigh up the pros and cons of certain things, let let me make the call. And if it stuffs up and I, and it doesn't work out for whatever reason, then call that a learning. Sometimes I felt like a, a failure when things didn't work out. And, yeah, that's part of growing up as well. And that And that's much harder to recover from at a young age thinking, wow, now I've ruined my life and what am I going to do with my life, particularly at 21, um, where I think what I needed to say or needed to hear was, um, you know, exactly that. Sometimes things don't work out. It's not forever or let's you know, talk about what went wrong rather than the judgment because that can be quite hard too. Um yeah, what else would I say to twenty-year-old Sharon? Just go and have fun. Like, don't don't be serious and try to plan everything out for yourself, because it doesn't work out. And sometimes the things that that you want, or the the view you have of, yes, I want to get married and have kids, and you know, that didn't happen for me until I was a lot older. And you know, well, I didn't I didn't meet my now husband until I was. 30 so I still had 10 years of working out who I wanted to spend the rest of my life with and here I was thinking at 20 well it's it's the boyfriend right no it doesn't and you know he's gone on and done great things for himself we both have um but yeah I think I just tell myself if it was one sentence to edit all of that crap I've just said down I would just say <laughs> tell 20 year old Sharon to give yourself a break. Wow. Just give yourself a break and mm. and tell more people to get I'm lost. Serious. Oh, serious. <laughs> Siri just told me that she's always serious. Well, that's appropriate. See, that's always that's appropriate. Sure I understand. <laughs> Don't be serious. Yeah. Don't be serious. Siri. Give, words Siri. Wisdom. Oh, that's weird. That is really weird. Now she's going mm. mental. But yeah, give myself a break and mm. Yeah, like stand up for myself a whole lot more. Tell mm. people to go away when, mm. yeah, when I may have just gone. Oh, okay, okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You can I'm get, still learning how to do that. We all are, right? Because we we can get mm. pretty far in life by uh, complying and following the rules and mm. uh, sacrificing our own wants and needs in the name of collective progress, right? It's actually a noble mm. a noble thing to do until it starts to take a little bit more. So I honour that, right? Mm. Like, and this is a thing that I'll at least speak into, which is when you talk about being uh, proud of where you're up to and doing this today for yourself, right, and standing up for yourself, I know this comes from a place in the Sharon I've met that is so humble. Right. This is not self, um, you know, flagellating. This is not about pumping mm. you. It's the opposite. You have come from a place where now you see just how much of a blessing and a gift you are and what you want matters, right? What you really want matters because you matter in the lives of people so, mm. so deeply. So it's just a little bit of context. Um, yeah. It's, it's very cool to see, Sharon. Very cool to see. So you're doing this uh, for Mal and Hartley as well. Um, mm. Should we have a an opportunity for you to share a few things, which is impossible to do, right, in just this brief podcast, but mm. at least one tiny little keepsake that you're creating right now. Um, shall we start with Hartley or, or Mal? Let's start with Mal because that's where okay. it all started. All right. Well, Ooh. what would you love to leave now for Mal if he has the opportunity to listen to this at some stage? Wow. 
would. It's so funny. Like, <clears throat> so we tell each other we love each other every day. Every day when he goes to work and when we get home, every day I love you. I love you. What I think I would need to say to Mel would be, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I give him such a hard time sometimes for not appreciating my superhero power. <laughs> it sounds dumb. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I think I would... I would want to say is we, I hope we had enough fun because we can get, I can get caught up in the bills and the work and all the stuff and just very easily sometimes lose that spark. Hmm. Yeah. So have, have more fun. I hope. And we're working on that. We've we've <laughs> so stupid. We've got a plan to have fun. Of course <laughs> I do, right? That of course good. I do. But for him, you know, he's one of the most patient people I know. He puts up with a lot. Um yeah, I would say it's just so funny that it's yeah, you know, we've been together for a really long time and, and we've just had the best of times and we've both worked really hard and all that sort of stuff. But walking out the door, I'd say, I'm sorry I gave you such a hard time over silly things and not even justifying that by saying they were big things to me, but actually in the scheme of things, they are silly things. And I hope, yeah, I hope we had enough fun. I hope we left or I left a legacy for for him and for Hartley to look back and not remember the why didn't you pick up your towel moments but the oh remember when we all went outside and we got the sparklers and Hartley burned his head and we laughed and all this sort of stuff which <laughs> yes. actually happened we didn't laugh straight away <laughs> but to remember all the fun things first yeah. that there were more of those than than not yeah, yeah, this is this is so unfair for Mal, isn't it? Because <laughs> if he listens to this, I like mm -hmm. I hope he gets the chance to reply. Right. And I I haven't even <laughs> shaken the guy's hand, right? No. But I I How funny. I'm going to say I know what he would say in response, well, and mm. I'm not even going to start to say that to you, but. All I would say is I hope that we can be fair to Mal and give him the chance to reply and what comes <laughs> from his heart and out of his mouth towards you, I think, would be the embodiment of grace and gratitude. Right. But yeah. yeah Thank you he's for a sharing. Cool guy. He's a cool guy. Yeah. And yeah. uh as are you, right? Not a cool guy. <laughs> That's a bit weird. But you guys are together, right? And you say I yeah. love you to each other mm. every morning uh yeah. not because you signed some contract that said i must say this every morning but mm. his love for you i have no doubt flows deeper than he's able to convey to you and you even receive so mm. and i um yeah i won't go any further into the territory of a beautiful yeah. human that i haven't met yet but you're not together now unless he is receiving something profound uh, from you and vice versa mm. so Thank you for sharing that about Mel. Now for the hard one. Yeah. <laughs> Hartley, wow. right? And who knows, yeah. right? Like, you know, the, the kids these days, Sharon, <laughs> they are oh. they could be listening to this in 10 years' time, 20 years' yeah. time. Uh, I got a shock when one of my kids listened to my podcast the day it came out. It went, oh, wasn't Ooh. ready for that. Um, so yeah. ha Hartley. My little heart. When you think about a few things that you'd like yep. to say. Well, you said it just then. My little heart. What do you mean? He is like he he's a piece of our little heart. And when we oh I won't give you ten years of his life history, but when we found out that we were pregnant, that I was pregnant, is that that took a long time as well and that had some heartache in there before he arrived. But when we found out we <laughs> true in true carefree style we went to newcastle and we had harry's cafe de wheels 
and just going, oh, wow, like there's a baby, there, there will be a baby. And part of it didn't feel real. And it didn't feel real to me because it had taken so long for us to fall pregnant that it didn't feel real until we were holding him in our arms until he was actually born. Okay, now it's real. Like he's, he's here, it's real. Mm. And he, yeah, we talked about names and we couldn't think of names and everything. We just, we found Hartley. So, oh, like the town. Like, no, no, we just liked Hartley. And my thing was I always wanted to give him my dad's middle name as his middle name, which is an old, very old-fashioned name. And that's Ivers. So I wanted something, a name that would go with that. Yep. Okay. And and Hartley was the one that stuck. And he's just, he's the most fabulous little kid. But he, he's he's super intelligent. He's smarter than me. He can he tries to out negotiate me at every point, at every opportunity, which is which is such a good skill for him to have as an adult. And as a ten year old, I find it quite challenging. So it will serve him well, but I have had people say, well, he is your son, Sharon. So yes, <laughs> that could be karma, but, um, oh, that little boy, he's, he, you know, everyone says, oh, they grow up so fast and, and they do like, he's, he's almost 11. Um, and, and for, oh, I don't, I can't even put it into words what, I would say to him because again, every night before he goes to when he goes to bed, it's kiss and I love you. Every night. And if at the end of the day, the end of the night, going to school, he knows that I love him and I will always love him. That's what matters the most. I don't care about anything else. That's all I need him to know. And and can I please add one more thing? I always tell him that I'm proud of him and not in a conceited kind of way, but even if he does a good job on a little project at school or he helps a little friend, you make you know, just always tell him I'm proud of him. Mm. 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 What what do you hope Hartley knows of himself? that he may not see now, maybe when we're talking about Hartley the man and not Hartley the, mm. the young man, what do you see in him that you hope he knows of himself? I hope he sees in him the power, the not the power, the understanding that he has in being able to make choices. And I hope he understands that Whatever choice he makes, I'm there for him 100%. And so is Mel. Regardless of the outcome, I, I hope he always knows that, that when he talks to his mates when he's older about something went wrong and I stuffed this up, but mum and dad were okay about it, that's, that's all I need him to know. I always want him to be able to come to us, to Mel or I, it's both of us or separately because sometimes it's a dad thing and sometimes it's a mum thing that he always had us to come to and, and talk to whether a difficult situation or a great situation but we loved him no matter what no matter what choices circumstance anything that yeah that's that's we we tell him that now even at 10 you know just we're always there for you we might not always like what you do, but we're always there for you whenever you need us. Unconditional love, huh? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But I think kids need to hear that because some kids don't have that relationship with their parents that they can call them when something goes wrong for fear of getting into trouble or, or punishment or whatever. Um, and I understand, I understand what that's like too and, I, yeah, I always want Hartley to be able to come and tell us anything. Yeah. Well, thank you for yeah. loving another human being with no conditions at all. 
just for the pure joy and meaning of loving that mm. young man the way you do. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. You've talked about a, a lot of stuff that, how are you going? Let's pause, right? How, how are you feeling? <laughs> uh, I'm feeling pretty, I'm feeling good. Yeah. Like these are big things, right? These, and yeah, yeah I'm, I'm feeling good. Can you yeah. tell me, talk to me then about some of the stuff that you are most grateful for in life. You know, you already Ooh. talked about a few humans, but when you really plug in and you get outside mm. the things that you should say you're grateful for up in the head yeah. Yeah. and you and you listen to your heart, mm. what are some, they could be simple things. They could be just tiny moments, right? They don't have to be big mm. things. But what are some of the, the things or people or moments that, you are most grateful for in life as it currently stands. Oh wow. Um so, so you know I'm not a person that says I've done well. I, I I'm not grandstanding myself, but actually what am I grateful for? I'm I'm very grateful for the life that I have and and some of the the choices that I've made to get me here. Heck yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna Lego <laughs> building that a little bit more. I'm gonna add a couple more bricks to the castle, and I'm gonna say grateful yeah. for the life that you have created. Yes. Sometimes yes. I guess we look at gratitude and we go, oh, "Was it all just handed to us?" Um, no. Sometimes the things we are most <laughs> grateful for are the ones that we. Yeah. We laughed into and cried into and bled mm. and all of those sorts of things, right? You yeah. have given so mm. much and now you are grateful for what you have received in return because mm. of how much you created, because of what you've done, for your your relentless power to go from good to great, right, to great to better, just always, always able to to build and create mm. an amazing life. So I honour it. I honour what you're mm -hmm. saying. You're grateful for the life you have and you yeah. have created it. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, you know, I tried doing a, a gratitude journal for a period of time and I sucked at it. I was, <laughs> yeah, great. I was terrible <laughs> at it. Uh, no, terrible. Because I'd find myself writing just the same sorts of things and I felt like it was forced and I appreciate that the sentiment is no, it actually just makes like just pause and think about what what are the good things when some things that feel like they're always so shit. But it just didn't feel natural to me. Like, and you you know, I have a space, uh, an actual location that we go to as a family, and that is a space where I feel I don't call it gratitude or feel grateful. I just it's a chilled space and that's the space where there's not a laptop for work there's not a mobile phone it's just up there in our little in our little space chilling out with family with amazing friends that come up there and you know we can share that space with them which is just awesome that the things that make me happy the things that make me happy I actually see other people happy wow like that's good that's what I like. That's that's another, what would they say about Sharon? Oh, she made me laugh. I can do that. <laughs> I can do yeah. that sometimes. Yeah. Um, but to do that, you know, I really have to let go of all of the other noise and, and stuff and just be in that moment. Yeah. And that's, that's where some of the fun stuff happens. Would you be willing to take yeah. us there just for a little moment? Because mm. it's cheating, right? I I know, yeah, you know a it. bit of your story. <laughs> it's not my story to share, though. So what is this yeah. place where all of the, um, shall we call it, the rigidity of the world kind of takes a back seat? Right? Mm. The to-do list is always there, but you go to this place yeah. and, yeah, you know, I've talked mm. a little bit about serenity and what that means yes, at a, a yes. deeper level. Where yeah. is this place? What's going oh. on? Tell us a story about it. I'll tell you a little story. So, um, yeah, so 
oh, so six six years ago or thereabouts, you know, one of the things I like to do is is look on realestate.com. Don't ask me why, I just do. And there was a little place for sale about four hours away from here. And it's it's a one bedroom cabin on 25 acres of bush. And oh showing my husband, so this this looks interesting. Why don't we just buy this one? Being silly. Yes, buddy. How will we pay for it? I said, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Whatever. So anyway, he he went and had a look at this place. And and I remember so he went up and back in a day to have a look at this property. So that's eight hours driving plus a bit of time to have a look around the place. And I asked him, I said, oh, what was it like? And he didn't, He the first thing he did before he just, blah, 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 the smile. He just, this smile thought, all right, this there's something here. And then, so that was the first clincher. Like, we're, we're done. We need to find a way to make this happen. The second thing was it's on the same dirt track as a property that his father, so his mum and dad used to own many years oh, earlier. Wow. And he he said, so that, wow, that's, that's incredible. So he drove past that place as well. And he, he said, yep, and he said, it's the only place I ever saw my dad happy. Whoa. <laughs> and so if the smile wasn't enough, then that, to me was right this is a way for us to because I never met his dad unfortunately his dad passed away before we met but I always felt like this was a place that Mal would always feel connected to his dad mm. Yeah. yeah so we bought it <laughs> crazy crazy as it was yep how are you gonna pay for it we'll, we'll sort that out but um the first weekend that we were able to go up there after it was ours we slept on the floor on an inflatable mattress and little one was next to us on his inflatable mattress. And it was cold as it was November. It was still very cold. Well, it was cold up there. And I remember just walking around going, oh, wow, like this. Like it's, I love the bush. I'm m- much more a bush person country than city at times. And it was just amazing. It was drizzly and cool and it was awesome. And the thing I love about when we go up there is that it's all off grid and the well, no, I'm not saying it very well, but it's it's a space now where we go to and you just feel like that comes this weight comes out of your shoulders. And you, you drive up the long hill up the road and you're there. And it's not fancy. It's very rustic. There is, there's no running water. There's no power. Um, but Mal has made it into a space that we can easily go to. And, you know, it's it's comfortable. It's, it's the simple life, which is his thing. I just want a simple life. Yeah. And it is. There's... Yeah, and I love now that we've done some work there over the years. We've got a fire pit and whatever that we've got friends that can come up and stay there and enjoy that space with us. And it's just awesome. We don't do anything. We don't plan anything. We sit around and we talk like jibber around the fire at night, and it's just fantastic. Mm. It's such a good space. It sounds like a place of peace and of laughter. Mm. Has there been dancing on occasion? Oh, we've probably tried from <laughs> time to time. I'm sure we've probably tried, but this, right. yeah, it's an awesome space. It's yeah, very cool. Mm. Very I love cool. it. All right, it's a uh, yeah. home, hey? It feels more like home every time we go. Mm. Yeah, it does. Well, I'm I'm glad that you made that happen, you know, for and mm. obviously not just on your own, but that I love hearing you talk about that place and seeing how your eyes change and um, you know, whoever's listening to this that has been there with you, they'll have a thousand mm. stories that flow up into their mind from 
whatever moments you've created there and whatever moments you continue to create. It's awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, here we are. Uh, you know, we could do this a hundred more times, but for mm-hmm. the sake of timeliness, which is important to both of us for different reasons, um, <laughs> we're here, right? And mm-hmm. you've you've generously spoken to you know, Hartley and Mel and told us a few stories. And it's hard because you can't name everyone that might be listening to this by name, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But for those collective people in your life that, you know, when you close your eyes and you think about the millions of stories and moments you've created for all the other people that might be listening to this. Is there anything else that as the lead up to recording this thing together, um, you know, the thoughts and the feelings you've had, is there anything else that you want to say before we go? Anything you want to share? Stuff that you have learned that you want to give away. Wow. Um. I think it's funny how some of the best friendships you have are the most unexpected or are created from the most unexpected places, like work. You you work together, so you're work colleagues, but then something happens and you don't work together anymore, but the friendship continues. And like you and I have worked together and our ex-colleagues that we know that we still talk to, and I will only name the BPWs. I won't name them individually because that that could be tricky. What's a BPW? Oh, that is a great question. Thank you. What a great question, (laughs) the BPWs. So they know who they are. So these are my girlfriends of over 20-odd years, and one so many, many years ago we went on a girl's weekend and we all so we all worked at Woolies together so anyone that knows Woolies knows this group of women and uh one of them had gone on a motivational speaking workshop thing that week so here we are on the Friday night after probably a few bubbles and at a hotel in Berry on the south coast I'm pretty sure and we're chanting out and calling all these funny things that she'd been learning over this course about, you know, being a strong woman and being powerful and embracing self and all those buzzwords of those years ago. And anyway, the following Monday, the story goes, though I don't, I don't recall this exact event, that I sent an email to the girls we were on the trip with and the title of it was Beautiful, Powerful Women. Ah. And so they then collectively like, oh, we are the BPWs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got it. And, and it's stuck. So for all the years, yeah, and it's stuck. And we've had the best laughs together and cried together. And, yeah, we don't see each other as often as we would long, as we want to or would love to. But whenever we're together, it's the most beautiful chaos you could ever imagine. <laughs> yeah yeah it's so fun you know we're getting a bit older now so we have a little nap sometimes after Mm. we've had a busy night out but it's yeah just great fun and they are a huge influence and power and support to me yeah um for lots of different reasons what do you want to say to them yeah the bpws Shout out to the BPWs. Shout out to the BPWs. I would say I love them more than they know. I'm so grateful for them to put up with me and my little idiosyncrasies. But I would just say thank you. Like We just have the best times together. And we make the, like we have such great memories of all the shenanigans and fun and laughs that we have together. And it's just, it's just wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I love it. I love it. There's a a cool quote, <laughs> I think, that I, I might have shared with you, um, which is, I think it's a Tolly thing where he says, if the only prayer you ever say is thank you, that's enough. Right? Mm. So that you just say, hey, thanks to the BPWs. Uh, they know how deep that thank you goes. Um, mm. look at your eyes like again some people listen to this but man the the joy that pours out of you when 
but you know these memories that you're not letting out with your mouth but <laughs> these shenanigans you got up to there's a lot of joy in you Sharon um yeah. and it's it's a privilege to see it so to the BPWs a big thank you yes uh, anything else right there's a, a lot of different humans that Oh. Who knows what what their experiences are, but right now for the Sharon Reish experience of life, mm. is there anything else that you wanna you wanna say, you wanna share? Look, let's go straight there, right? So I would say another thing is to mum and dad, I hope you're proud of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're proud of me. Got it. All right. Mm. And and I just had a moment, sorry. And not for not not for stuff or things, um, but just for just for me. Yeah, I hope you're proud of me. Loved for who you are. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. That. That's. I know they love me. Um. But. Yeah. For for me to know that they are proud of me. That would be cool. Yeah. Are you proud of you, Sharon? Proud? That's funny. I think I don't think I'm proud of myself because, you know, I've got the inner community thing going on that tells me that that's not cool to be proud of yourself. So let's scrap pride because you're right. Pride has a whole mm. bunch of strange connotations attached to it. Yeah. What, yeah. Is the, what is the most loving thought that you can create about yourself? Oh my God. Um, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this when, you know, we were talking about doing this. And for me to say to myself, I was good enough. And I thought, yeah, that, that would be meaningful. But actually, I think I would like to say to myself, you're great. Yeah. You're good enough for me. Just. You know, unfortunately, that sounds a bit mediocre for me, but I would want to be okay with telling myself, you're great. You've done a great job with this. You've done a great job with that, but actually just a, just a great person. And damn, I am at and least one voter. You are, <laughs> you, you are more than a great person. Yeah. You're incredible. Thank you, Lyndon. You really mm. are. I am so blessed to have to have you in my life and in this world and I know the blessing that you are to others and you are beyond great mm -hmm. uh, I'm not even going to go up the escalators of, of words to describe you just know that um, so many people think the world of you the entire world it's um, mm -hmm. yeah I'm sure they'll come and give you a chat or a message with whatever you decide to let out of the last couple of hours or whatever it's been together. But um, mm. yeah, I love that about you. I love that the most loving thought you can think about you is you are great. Yeah, mm. it's true. It's true. Mm. Takes a long time to accept it sometimes or to be okay with, with saying it, which is kind of strange. Mm. But um. You've helped me get there, Lyndon, so thank you. Ah, I've just been lucky enough to stand beside you and watch you do it, so <laughs> I'm a witness to it. All right, here we are. Ooh. A few laughs, a few fart, fart uh, namings. Um, <laughs> I am curious about the Hartley Sparkler on fire kind of story. That might have to come another time. Yes. Uh, but yeah, um, thank you. Thank you, know, you. You mentioned mm -hmm. up front, you're nervous, you're excited, you're doing mm -hmm. this for a bunch of different people, you're doing it for yourself. Thank you so much for what you have given and thank you for the work you have put in to make your life and the lives of others 
Great. Thank you, Lyndon. Nice. Thank you for helping me do this. Oh, it's it's wow. it's so much fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, in a funny way, sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. No, you don't have to agree with me. This is hard, right? It's hard it to say what we want to say. Yeah. Right? What we really want to say, mm. because then we get emotional, right? And because you care. Yeah. Right? And the people that yeah. uh, are lucky enough to hear this and see this will will so richly be blessed by the care and your realness and your authenticity, you know, much, much deeper than anything. So thanks. Thank you. Well, was there any, I know you prep, was there anything you've written, dear? Was there anything like, I must say this on the podcast? Uh, no, because I, I, I felt that if I wrote answers to it, which is very my style, as you know, that then I'd be concerned about, oh, I didn't say that. Exactly what you said. I didn't say that. Yeah. You've asked all the big questions. We've gone to all of those places that are not comfortable or easy. And it does make you stop and think about what what really matters. What was our thing? We had a, we make time, we don't make time for the things that matters most. Yeah. There's my walk out the door. Make time for things that matter most. I love it. And on that note. That's the door closing. (laughs) The door closes (laughs) and you sign off. Cool. You're amazing. Thank you, Lyndon. Thanks so much for listening and sharing this space with me. I really, really hope this has served you well and it continues to do so for years to come. I love helping others. So if you would like to experience the power of creating together, please reach out to me. I'm here to help. And if you want to be on the podcast and leave a legacy, check out the contact details on my website, lyndonrochford.com, or you can find me on Facebook. I'd love to hear your story before I go. Wishing you so much love from the inside out. I'll see you soon.